0: Have your seat, praise God. Now I'll just talk about something that just was laid on my heart just about before I came up, different from the emphasis. And uh, you know, we've been saying that this meeting is about impartations. Have you been getting them? Yes, I don't think I heard you right in Matthew chapter 5. Jesus said, Blessed are those who thirst and hunger. Now, notice that statement. Matthew 5 and 3. It's a blessed... uh, No, no. um, 5 and 6, pardon me. Who hunger and thirst. You know, that means... Now, blessing is something that God counts as privileged. When God says you're blessed, it means you're fortunate. So, which means I am fortunate to be hungry for the things of God's spirit. Unfortunate. It's it's a, a blessedness of God to be hungry. To be now, hunger is a desire for something. Thirst is a desire. So which means that God by His Spirit walks desires. So one of the ways I can pray for a new convert or a fellow minister who I suggest I think is Aaron. I can just pray for spiritual hunger. I can pray for spiritual hunger. Sometimes the reason why some people don't respond to you when you teach or preach, or, they're not just hungry. You know how, it, I mean, as a younger guy, my mom, you don't try that with her. She cooks and she says, you're not hungry. You will be filled. She will first fill you with ministry of laying on her hands. And she doesn't use five-fold ministry. She uses all the ten. When she ministers to you, then she will now take what I can readily call the rod of Moses. Then she will part your Red Sea. When she's done with that, if she finds the Ark of the Covenant around her, you'll be ministered to her. So at the end of the day, whatever she wanted, you do and more. I mean, people see her today and they, look, they think she's one. I look at them, you don't know this woman in their eight days. If my mom cooks, now if my mom cooks and you take the meal and you, you throw it away, she will pack it for you back in the plate to eat it. Never in your life would you waste food. So if you say you are not hungry, say, so What did you say? Ah, I was playing no. <laughs> because you know the implication of that theology. <laughs> you have to eat what she eats. You know, she's just like that. So you don't, you can't, anytime you are in church and you're just not hungry, it's a symptom of a disease. It's a disease. Now, the disease can be familiarity. The pastor was talking about that. Familiarity is not even just the flock to the pastor. The pastor can also be so familiar. And the, you know, as much as we should detect the gifts of God in the man of God over our lives, the man of God should also detect the gift of God in our lives. It works both ways. It works both ways. God has given to a pastor, supernaturally, the ability to find out what is in your life. And he must and but there are ways to do it, and one of them is must be given to prayer. So there's something about hunger. You can be praying it for someone. I just pray, even for yourself, to be hungry. You know, well, I mean, that's a, an important person. Blessed are they that hunger and thirst, for they shall be filled. For they shall be filled. Now, before you can be filled, you must have been hungry. So when Paul says, be filled with the Spirit, which means I'm hungry, I have an hunger for the things of the Spirit in itself. Look at the book of Acts. Those guys took like seven days to pray. Let's say Jesus rose from the dead, taught them for 40 days. Approximately, you know, that's 40 days from the Passover. Really, that would be 43 days. So they had seven days before the day of Pentecost. I mean, that's just being mathematical. That means they were, and the Bible says in Acts 1, 15 and 16, that they prayed continually. Which means that, they, what were they praying for? They were praying about what Jesus said. Jesus said that you shall receive power Acts 1.8 Jesus said that I sent the prophet of my father upon you Luke 24.49 Just because he said he was going to do something Doesn't mean you should not pray about it You see, most of us make that error If, if there's a prophecy something, something said to you And then you I'll talk about something now It's not directly what I want to talk about Brother Hagin used to talk about counter attacks of the devil that most of the time, this is why I'm, I'm personally, this is not, don't use this as a template, it's not perfect. But I don't usually have people come out to give testimonies a lot. The reason why I don't, I'll tell you. Usually, they may not be aware there's always a counter-attack of the devil. And usually people will come out and they celebrate it. And it's God that did it. But you know they can be healed that same day. If you have seen what I'm saying, you know what I'm saying. That same day, that same, in fact, almost outside the service. Yes, so usually, I love people. Now it's good to give testimonies. It's good. It tests people's faith. But you know, in scriptures, there's always you have what you can call priorities. There are things in God's word that are right, but there are other options that is still God's word. Yes, sir. It's like ministering to the sick. You have the option of laying hands, speaking the word. You can use clubs, you know, different things. So you always have an option. Now you should say which is best in this situation. Now, when it comes to a new convert, he got he is got he's gotten healed. Usually, he's more excited, not knowing that he may still need to stay in faith a lot, in faith a lot, on some lanes. Some need to be taught some common sense. So I usually get very careful in pushing people's testimonies out, you know, and all of that. Now, I was going to say something. So, Pastor he talks about the counterattack. That is, Satan can just come. You remember, um, uh, even Jesus. He says, Satan left him for a season. Look at that parable he gave. He said that the, the, the demon came to look around. He came back. The demon had been cast out and came back to the same house. And saw so that it was empty. You know, it was they put there for rent to <laughs> so say eh, so it's available. <laughs> so he came back with seven wicked spirits. So there's such a thing as like that counter-attack of the enemy. So, which means that there is no there's one no song in my native language. They said, Christian, do not rest. You are in the midst of the enemy. Christian, you why is me? You must not rest. Don't there's no time to say, ah, you know, some of us will leave here tomorrow. Oh, no, all of us. <laughs> except you want to pay you want to pay for yourself you, know, you leave here tomorrow and we all leave and when we leave meetings like this I know for a shorty I've never told pastor but I know he's not going to mind this that tonight into tomorrow morning session is likely a prayer meeting and this is why I'm saying it it's just a prayer meeting a, a, lot, a lot of prayer meetings you know there's something about what to do when you receive something Do you know there's a training for a minister? We can train people, for example, if Pastor Josh preaches now, and I'm supposed to round up the meeting, there's a training how to do it. Some people would wrap up the meeting and practically make people forget what just happened. Very careless. You know, and some will try to preach more. Mm -mm. At that meeting, the Holy Ghost was not on you for that meeting no, the Holy Ghost is on you all the time I know but not for that meeting let's just simply just put people's attention back to what just happened that's all you're supposed to do and there's no better way than let's just pray about it so listen to this I'll say that there's a counter, a counter attack you just got healed that's why in Brother Hagen Kenneth Hagen, Kenneth Hagen someone said, you are always talking about Brother Hagen in Holy Ghost meetings that's where I learnt everything from who should I talk about <laughs> Mahatma Gandhi <laughs> there are two people I always talk about, Brother Higgin and Brother Talks. They're both brother brother. Yes, there are two people, you know. People always say, "Ah, the way you minister in the Holy Ghost, that Brother Talks." That's where I got it from. You don't, don't change what works because you want to be unique. You are even not unique. <laughs> Every attempt to be unique is to be like somebody else, and you just you just don't want to be like somebody else too. That's all. The, the uniqueness you are, you are not unique. That's it. The way you are dressed, everything you are doing now, you learned it. We underrate the power of influence. We are all a product of influence. The way you are dressed. You know, I mean look at what pastor did yesterday night. He, we, had, we are we were in the spirit. And he just took us out of the spirit. Talking about one. So we now asked ourselves. Let me tell you what he was doing yesterday. We now asked ourselves, myself, pastor, Joshua, pastor Mina, who are they playing? You say Brighty, we all laughed. <laughs> we all laughed. That's why he came close to us. I was doing shakara. We all laughed. That. <laughs> Psst, emoji.) <laughs> <laughs> this one cannot work. <laughs> Brighty will beat you. Yeah. What you should be praying about is the margin. He's who it's It's not I not <laughs> Oh! Does it change anything? Does it change anything? So all the things he was doing yesterday he's just really, really requiring you to pray for him. Uh, That's all. No, to pray for him so that he can take what is coming to him. <laughs> Thing. so I, I just saw him man i just um, yeah, i just saw him uh, you know. let's get back to what i was saying jerry you know that's you no know, that's another uh, that counter-attack of the enemy you know what i was talking about what i was talking about <laughs> so you know there's there such a thing as you know you've been ready so brother hagan i was thinking they found something out that in heat now they're in healing testimonies people usually have very outstanding, remarkable ones that he also had. But he discovered that when it comes to many other miracle meetings, that usually, after a while, like less than 30% of people keep the healing. But when it comes to Kenneth Hagen, over 75%. The reason was, he oftentimes ministered more by teaching them. So they don't just know how to receive but how to keep it. In fact, they went further to talk about those new converts. That when it comes to his meetings, that there are those who have, you know, they can have 10,000 people saved and all that. And usually when they go back and check those people after a few years, many of them are either backsliding or not just, but when it comes to Brother Higgins, almost 90%. And the reason was the word. The word. So there is something about, you know, keeping something. God wants us to keep things. Keep it. Keep that which was committed to your trust. Keep it. So, that's what the word does. So, we must know how to keep what we have received. I can tell you this. A lot of people will get things in meetings, in their churches, but they easily lose it. Look at the Bible of the sower. It says, Satan came immediately. You know, immediately can be right in the service. Yes, sir. And snatched away. That is, he literally snatched it away. What was in their heart. They almost not even know anything happened. So there's such a thing as a Christian knowing how to keep what he has. Let me tell you something. Relationships are like that too. The moment you announce a relationship, naturally, no demon involved, people start looking at you. Do you know that some people, except the Holy Ghost, comes on them very strong. They have a default nature to be negative. People are really negative. They just see Pastor Gilbert and Pastor George. Yeah. So they are friends. How is that a rhetorical question? And they go, hmm, okay. Mm. They will even celebrate them, but they are waiting. There will just be this default thing of waiting for something negative. It's like that. They don't know. You know, look at the issue of Cain. Uh, you know, when God, that's the first hatred in the Bible. He said an animal was crouching around him. Obviously a supernatural being then he also talked about his own desire so which means that two things work together there was that supernatural being there was also his own desire so by default some of us can be negative ah they said somebody they just say, oh brother this and that just bought a, a brand new uh, private jet you know somehow, somehow without having any temptation of the devil he's like eh, what was he doing what was his job why did you ask that question what is he doing for a living you know it just comes out almost naturally they say, say hey, ah, well he's been selling um clothes and hey, are clothes that demanded why did you ask that next question it's just a a thing now now imagine the devil now has his own just like Hebrews 4 2 4. god also bearing them witness satan now also bears witness so, we must be ready for the counter attack. Now, I wanted to say this before I got there. But good enough, I did. Hope that blessed you. Hope that blessed you. Yes, right. Now, look at Acts 13. When they got the prophecy, separate to me, Barnabas and Saul, verse 2, for the work we have called them. You know, naturally, some of us will have gotten the prophecy that, hey, glory, you know, we uh, Holy Ghost people, whoo, just jump. And we just say, wow, well, God. You know what they did? They prayed and fasted they didn't stop so when Jesus told them he was going to send the promise of the father upon them write this down in capital letter if they had not prayed it would have happened they were sensible enough to pray that God told you something that hands were laid on you that something supernatural was bothering you is just the beginning it confers responsibility on you. Immediately. What am I trying to say? Don't say, ah, we've had four days. Here, yeah, wow, I need to take a break. There is nothing as desirous of the enemy like you taking a break. He loves you to think you've done something great in these four meetings. So by Monday, you just say, ah, after all, we've been in the spirit since that day. Let me go on Netflix. Let me go and check this. Then small, 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 small. Everything just disappears. So you must know that there's a counterattack. There's something the devil will come back. You know, and you know teams that are very useless. I didn't mention any. They play that counterattack. They will wait, wait. They have no strategy. They have no good player. But they will be waiting. Waiting for some stupid things like corner kicks throwing. You know, they will now go and buy someone. How can you buy somebody because he can throw ball long? <laughs> what kind of useless club is that? I've not mentioned names yet. You know? No, don't tell me what to say. So you have corner, say let's buy this tall guy so that he can head the ball. He can't defend, he can't play, he can't dribble, but he can hit the ball. You know? <laughs> what a strategy. So some of those things they will just wait. And they wait, you know. They wait and wait. So when they say, "Lupo," they will be running to score. That's, I mean, that's how the devil is. (laughs) He really cannot come against us. Greater is he that is not at the world, but he will wait till that moment when maybe the 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 right fullback goes forward. Maybe the so he does that. So a wise coach will think about those moments. You can play very well and lose that game. If you don't understand the counter-attack strategy, so what you do is in as much as you are going forward, also have your own defense, it's always in place, you know, always in place. Imagine a goalkeeper that went to the box of his opponents, you know, and they were playing corner kick, then they lost the first ball. You know, usually the goalkeeper gets the first ball, he scores or not. He lost the first one. The ball now going to the other corner side, he was not running after that. I said, Whoever is jazzing this guy. He did it with a lot of panache. So he just shot the ball and went. And he was not running after. There's no way you. you know. So you should always keep your guard. Is that clear? Yes, sir. Jesus always told his disciples. He will tell them beware. Beware. You see God's word is full of caution. Full of caution. So you must have caution. Look at David. After, after he had won everything. And it looked like victory was him sure then you know he just stopped going to battle he just stopped it was a day he didn't go to battle that i saw basheba that was it he just said ah ah see babe if you go eat ah ah or more ah ah it was a day he stopped so the bible says for we wrestle not against flesh and blood it's a present tense continuous word we are wrestling always never you know up till the listen carefully up till Jesus was on the cross he was tempted not to fulfill the father's will up till the cross there's no time you are supposed to lose God there's no time so let me say something You see this thing called morning devotion hmm? keep it it's not old school though. waking up in the morning to pray and just read God's word it's not old school. Someone said, I don't do morning devotion. He said, God lives in me. Anywhere I am, I'm devoted. I can see it. That statement shows you are really devoted. You know, you rise early. You've seen that thing all over scriptures. Someone told me, he said, said, ah, When I listened to your teaching on morning devotion, I was surprised. I said, About what? He said, I did not know that the pattern of early morning was all over the Bible. I said, it's all over the Bible. It's true. you don't, know, some things in the Bible, you don't have to be told to do it. You've seen everybody doing it is it that you can't see it someone was asking against fasting I said is it Elijah you did not see or Moses or Jesus which one did you not see the three people who were on the mount of transfiguration the three of them were given to fasting and praying you are now asking me whether I should fast that doesn't make sense You have see God's word can come in an instruction can also come in a pattern just observing the pattern is enough of God's word you've seen it you saw Paul, Acts 13. What were they doing? They were fasting. And you are still asking. You know, a guy said in church, a guy told me years back, we, he saw us at the restaurant, about 94, 95, 95 it must be. And he said, Emoji. The guy used to be, I mean, Christocentric. He would quote Christ, finish, walk, finish, walk, finish, walk. So he just saw, he said, Ah, he said, Emoji. And he, he, he now had, you know, plantain with rice. And big, big chicken. No, I think it was talking. You can't be talking. Maybe it's talking. You know, there's talking, there's talking. <laughs> ah, they are 2 the difference. different. When you see talking, you see talking. Talky. He was full. So we're looking at him, he said, emoji. You're surprised at this, eh? He said, he said, you know, I know you guys are all fasting. Fasting every day, fasting. I don't fast. He said, why? Because the bridegroom is here. <laughs> The bridegroom is here. I can't He brought out his big belly here. <laughs> Just a few years ago, the guy was an atheist because the bridegroom is here. The doctor once told me, "He said, hey, hey, you know, you're fasting. Stop it.'" I said, "No, don't say I should stop. Tell me to reduce it. <laughs> I can't stop it." He said, "Hey, what? Well, I said, "You take, I'll take. Don't tell me to stop it. We we'll both agree. So tell me what I should do. I'll tell you what I want to do. We now come to." A consensus. I will reduce it but I cannot stop it. He said, hey, what about your health? I said, that fasting itself will take care of the health. Uh-huh, so please, let's just agree. Eh? He said, okay, I understand what you're saying. He said, do their benefits. Uh-huh. they're just talking. <laughs> you don't tell me what I know. <laughs> Hallelujah. Are you here? Even the priests in Scripture before they minister to the Lord, those who went to war, they were told to abstain even from their wives. Why do you think those things were done? is there such a thing as consecration amen abstinence from luxury from pleasure to just focus on spiritual reality and spiritual truth that's the truth so when you leave this meeting by God's power focus on you keeping what you have received is that very clear focus on it one of the things is what you are doing you are writing things down those that don't write things down are very wise that's all I can say. They are wise, very wise people, extremely wise. You know, do you know in the in, the, in scriptures, Old and New Testament, a disciple is known for taking down the notes of his master. They will take it down, put it in, in 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 a format that they can go back and read it and understand it. So we must know that. You know, I started with spiritual hunger. That hunger is of God. When I mean, if you go to a doctor and he says, uh, have you eaten? He says, no, since when? He said, last week. Ah, he so what's happening? You say, I don't feel hungry. That is a big problem. You must be hungry. If you are fasting and you don't feel hungry, you're actually not fasting. How can I say you don't feel hungry and you're fasting? Maybe you have a, 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 a natural disease. The fasting is that you are hungry and you are not eating. Not that I don't feel hungry. I say, I just... I just so when I'm fasting, I don't feel hungry. You have to feel hungry. That's where the consecration and dedication is. Is that clear? So we can pray spiritual hunger into people's lives and into our own lives too. As a pastor, I pray that my people are always hungry for the things of God. I pray that in every service, their hearts always yearn to learn God's word, to be established in his truth, to know about his prayer. Can I have an amen? 1st Corinthians 12 and 1. Just getting on something this morning. Pastor has, you know, told me to have I actually wanted to, but he also now said it. So that just blessed my heart to have, you know, people laid hands upon. In 1st Corinthians 1, Paul says, "Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I will not have you ignorant. So we said that you there are things not to be ignorant of. Uh, and one of them of course are the gifts of the spirit that Paul mentioned there and also the demonstrations of the spirit the demonstrations the demonstrations of the spirit how the spirit works sometimes now let me tell you my own something that happened to me recently I was praying as I should and then I heard the Lord just I sensed the Lord talk to me about something about how I should examine something in my teaching i did not know so i you examine something in my teaching what was it i found out that i was having this emphasis on the spirit within so much i taught the spirit within so much that somehow unconsciously i was de-emphasizing the spirit upon and the spirit in our midst I saw it i didn't see it initially it was in praying that i saw it said so i should check it i now notice the slant so now i now consciously if i said it publicly in church many times i consciously now started paying i noticed that even some songs i would um now song was one song that by israel hutton your presence is heaven in me now naturally that is what i was sing. And I sang it here, but your praise heaven to me is not unscriptural. You see, we that such that we know about the Holy Ghost within. We don't want to talk about the Holy Ghost falling, and some say, Well, that's the book of Acts. Well, whether it's the book of Acts or the Book of Actors, the Holy Ghost fell because it was something people saw, such that when you teach, something in, in the ministry, something called emphasis now as a pastor. You could have an emphasis. Brother Hagen talked about something, about balance. I don't use the word balance, but I hate to, but I, I have no choice now. He talked about Donald G, a man who spoke about balance. He said sometimes, when people have gone to one ditch, the only way to get them out is the other ditch. Now, you have to be careful. At times, eh, when people are on one end of something, get them to the other end first but being a pastor one is careful this is why staying in a local church is very important you know some people eh, they will go to his church take some Go to the, they always be like that you just see them you know looking like a, the map of Africa in their spiritual life one nation one nation one nation there is no single one single nation they are divided they have different precedents over their lives you know but you see when you are in the church sometimes the pastor has a plan maybe a five year plan and then some things you want him to teach that he won't, because he believes you don't need it now you don't, some people are like that, they want to learn everything at once you can't, it can't even happen, yes. a pastor is led of the spirit enough to know what should be taught part time are you here, good now, there's emphasis, so I noticed when he said I should check it, I checked it and I saw, oh, there was such a thing I was de-emphasizing unknowingly such that consciously you know you can also teach people how to minister to the sick so much they don't know how to receive healing they will know how to lay hands but when it comes to that's why you will find a man of God will not be feeling well there's a call for healing won't come out there's something wrong in that Paul wrote a whole letter to his number one son and he spoke about his orphan illness a letter to his number one son and he wrote there that for your orphan stomach infirmities he wrote it there it's right there in the written word not for us to be falling sick old, but to show us something that Timothy knew how to get healed not just how to minister to the sick so there's such an emphasis so I had to correct it of course again in correcting you must make sure that you are not also emphasizing the other one do you get it? So, that when we talk about, um, there was even one song. Um, I have to say, there's nothing wrong in this song. Sing it that way. Yeah. It's the glory of God is in our midst. And, of course, people just, and I noticed the change in our meetings. You will see that change. So, usually, eh, we, human beings are like that. You can be, you are, we're just stereotyped. When it comes to ministering to the sick, there's just one angle we know. When it comes to flowing with the Holy Ghost, that's why I corrected you yesterday. It's not everything, everything is first of all rejoicing. Sometimes, you can, my friend there used to say something. He said there's something about you can dissipate God's power. That is, let me explain it. That some, right, when the Holy Ghost comes on them, they ought to give an utterance they'll just be shouting and rejoicing and they'll go off he said it should be intelligent enough to know now what am I supposed to do you know and that's important what am I supposed to do so we must know more than one stream of how things work how things work you know and sometimes you just say hey, how can I be the Holy Ghost because you have actually been stereotyped so there are different you know workings of God's spirit that we need to embrace and embrace them very well embrace them very very well you know how God works so concerning the things of the spirit I will not have you ignorant I will not have you ignorant so I choose not to be ignorant I don't think I heard you I choose not to be ignorant so we have different things of the Holy Ghost now this you no know, we'll talk about impartation a lot of what people like myself and you, we call ourselves what people. Why, we called, why do we call ourselves what people? Because we always put the written word first, and that's good. We talk about the finished work of Christ, and that's good. You know, I was talking to Pastor Samuel yesterday, I was talking about how, you know, um, we talk about, there's this song, We Praise You, We Praise You, oh Lord, you know that song? In My Life, you know that song? I see what you are, you are doing. Do you know that song? One more time. So that the song says, In my life, I see what you are doing. So we now said, No, I see what you have done, which is true. But I said, So he now said that when we were talking yesterday, he said, Well, I but he's doing things. I said, But it's good to also know what he has done, then what he is doing. They are not words and opposites, they are not contrasts, are, it's not this or that, it's this and that. So, usually we can say, I see what you have done. I will say, I see what you are doing. They are not opposites. Okay? They are both truths of God's Word that can stand side by side without being contradictions. Are you following what I'm saying? Uh-huh. So, it's the same way. It's the same way, you know, that we ought to see God's Word in His full light. And when it comes to the things of the spirit, you know there's a holy, there can be a Holy Ghost meeting where all that will happen, will all just be quiet. It's in God's word. We'll all just be quiet throughout. There could be a Holy Ghost meeting and all that happens, we're just going to pray. We're just going to pray and it can be heavy prayer. I was the one, the first one I attended like that. Do you know we prayed from about 7 p.m. to 2 a.m.? Unplanned. 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 If a song came out of that, Pastor Dapoguni was one who led it. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, we prayed at at, um, VCF. That's the campus fellowship then. And we prayed. Just prayed through a central calf UI. And we just prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed. That's a Holy Ghost meeting. You know, there can be a Holy Ghost meeting. What all happens is that we just have the Word of God taught. Unplanned. Are you following what I'm saying here? Unplanned. So we must know those streams. Now, like I said, pastor has said this and I also felt led to, you know, both ways. Sometimes even if you are not led, if the pastor says that's what God wants you to do in his church, that's the leading. Because he's the one over the assembly. God can't lead me otherwise what he wants him to do. God doesn't do things that way. No, he doesn't. So it's important to understand that. So when he said it, If initially I wasn't sure, I now became sure. Because he wanted us to have people have hands laid on. So now, let's be intelligent about it. Are you here? Okay, good. So, concerning spiritual gifts, there's something about impartations. Impartations. impartation. You know, I struggled with that word in my earlier years. In the 90s, actually. Maybe the middle 90s. Of course, not the late ones. I struggled with that word. When Paul said to Timothy, in First Timothy four fourteen, he said, "Neglect not the gifts which is in you, by the putting on of my hands, by giving to you by prophecy, and laying on of the hands of the elders." The research I did on that word, holy heaven can tell. I looked at the word in you, in you. That maybe there's a shade to it. That how can Paul say something was given by another man? I struggled around it. I went. All the Greek words, you know, it's like what you call his um, hand fan. If you throw it up 20 times, it'll fall the same way. I kept round and round and round and round. It came back to the same thing. Giving you. Hey! If I remember somebody said this, one preacher like that. He said, Paul must have been drunk to have written that. He said it. So what does he mean by that? That we have all things that pertain to life and godliness. He said, no, you know. He said, here we are blessed with all spiritual blessings. I said, who are you quoting? Paul. You are the one that is drunk. (laughs) You know, which was given you? Which was given you? Which was given you? By the, by prophecy. And laying on of hands of the elders of the elders now notice something he said it was given to him Given to him it was given to him now in romans 1 and 11 paul says the reason why he was going to come to rome why they should pray for him say you pray for me that i should get to you he said because i want to impart to you some spiritual gifts i want to impart to you now in first timothy four fourteen where he talked about giving. And that's Romans 1 11 It means to share what I have with you. It means to share what I have with you, that, that I might impart unto you some spiritual gifts. Now, Vine's Dictionary once said that that impartation is by instruction. I think they are very wrong. Paul didn't say so. Impart. To you means to give you what I have. Metadidome is a Greek word. To give you what I have. To bring you on board. Something I'm doing. He said, I will impart. Now, of course, don't forget. Paul didn't mention laying of hands there. But we know that Paul laid hands a lot. If there's someone who, there's someone about Paul's ministry and laying of hands. Let's look at it. When Ananias came to him, he laid hands on him. Acts nineteen, Acts Acts nine, sorry, sixteen and seventeen, and Ananias laid hands on him. Pay good attention. Now, notice also that that's Paul. Now, in Acts thirteen, again in Acts thirteen, when the ministers went and fasted, they laid hands again. In Acts fourteen, he laid hands on the elders again. In Acts nineteen. And verse 6, for those folks in uh, Ephesus, he laid hands on them, and the Holy Ghost came on them. So there's something around the ministry of Paul about laying on of hands. And you also notice that Luke was his disciple, and he wrote alongside those things. In Acts 8 and 14 and 15, he wrote about how Peter and John came down, so that they can pray for them, they might receive the Holy Ghost. Then as many as he laid hands upon, verse 16 the 17 now, they received the Holy Ghost. So Simon the sorcerer saw that through the laying on of hands, you shouldn't miss that. The Holy Ghost was given. So there was such a thing about the laying on of hands that was done by the apostles. By the apostles. Also, remember when they chose the deacons, which you call the deacons, they also laid hands on them. They laid hands on them. So laying on of hands is not ceremonial. I've seen somebody say it before that eh, is just ceremonial. That it's, it's, God has already done what He would do. That, that laying on of hands is just for confirmation. What is wrong with us? So I told someone. So if somebody doesn't, somebody is sick in the body, and I lay hands on him, it's ceremonial. God has already healed him. He has healed him. Hmm. That's how like we are going to die because you want to be silly. He somebody is not filled with the holy ghost say so god has already he's already filled he's filled when he just lay hands in ceremonial what are you talking about something is given something is done something is given something is received is received is received now some say eh, is it not that the thing was there before and he didn't know see whether it was there he didn't know it was giving we we kind of and I think the reason why we argue like that is because some people have abused it. Now you don't cure an abuse with another abuse. You don't. You don't. It's like someone say, eh? Some churches, their pastors are like these. They do this to their members. They do. Okay, I agree. Some pastors can be very naughty. They can do this. But you see, how does that change the office of a pastor? how does that change being committed to a local church you cannot cure a problem with another one you are creating a worse problem by giving that kind of solution so when it comes to the ministry of laying on your hands "Eh, some people are mm like I don't care what some people are doing I'm looking at the word of God like this and I can see it and I'm acting upon it and I can say something again to you there are people too who seem to have special ministries in those areas there are special ministries in those areas and that's the truth Notice that what an, sorry, a, sorry, Simon asks, seemed curious, give me this power that whomsoever I lay my hands upon will receive. He said, power. Almost like a special ministry. Give me this power. So there's such a thing as leaning of hands. I believe that pastors should lay hands on their congregation a lot. Notice that Timothy wasn't once it wasn't once it reminded him again in 2 Timothy 1.6 stir up the gift of God which is in you by the putting on of my hands you know the first one was the elders he included the elders which means Timothy had hands laid on him more than once and in, this, in the Greek that putting on wasn't once it was continually now in scripture why are hands laid upon us I'm saying that because of what we are going to receive. You believe we are receiving something this morning? Yeah. Now, of course, healing is one of it. Mark 16, Mark 16, 18. You shall lay hands on the sick, and the sick shall recover. We know from scripture that there's such a thing about physical touch that brings healing into people's bodies. You know, Luke 6 tells us that they came around Jesus so that they might touch him, and they might be healed. So that they would touch him. Mark five. The woman of the issue of blood came to touch him. In Mark six, you know, Jesus went to his hometown, and he could do no mighty work because of their unbelief. But you know something? Despite the fact that there was unbelief, he still laid hands. Which means, if nothing works, laying on hands will work. In the midst of the unbelief, he laid hands. Why? Because humanity responds to touch. God made us, that's why when people started talking about a new normal an online church, I said no, this is not how God made human beings, human beings are, we are, we are social animals, social beings allow me to use that word, we, we are interactive beings we, 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 there's something about the physical, I've seen some people that all you do for them is hug them and they feel so loved, some just a handshake, and they feel so accepted you know, some just to be around them that's how we are. So in laying on of hands, that is done. Healing is received. What else? People are filled with the Holy Ghost. When hands are laid upon them, we can see that in scripture anyway. We saw it in Acts eight fourteen and 15 through to 19. We saw it in Acts 19, verse 5, 6, Paul. We saw it in Acts 9, 16 and 17, Ananias. So obviously, hands can be laid on people to be filled with the spirit. Now, we can also lay hands to put people in the ministry. Where, what we call the ordination, is to put people in the ministry, where we lay hands on them and confirm and affirm what God is doing through them. Moses did it for Joshua. He laid hands on him. And we saw that Joshua began to function in the office that you know, Moses was in, or what, what Joshua should have functioned as well. We saw it also we mentioned it in Acts 14, where Paul, verse 22 and 23, laid hands on the elders. Acts 13, 3 and 4, Paul had hands laid on him too. You know, and I spoke about Timothy. So that can happen. Now, also, in laying hands, we spoke about healing, being filled with the Holy Ghost. We also spoke about putting people in the work of the ministry, just having hands laid on them. They call it ordination, and it's fine. But actually, it's putting people in the ministry. Now, to God's grace and glory, about 29 years over that now, August was 29 years, where that happened to me. And I had hands laid on me. And you know, and they said, Well, of course, I'd been in the ministry before then. But they basically just confirmed it. And said, you know, and they wanted me to pick up the title of reverend. I never did. <laughs> you know, and I got hands laid on me in that regard. And that's not wrong. That happens. Where they just lay hands to affirm, confirm that truly God. As put you in the ministry, but now let's see something. Alongside that, you know, which is very important, is that there are also impartations where there are deposits made. Things are given to you. Now, people's problem with that is that a human being is involved. Now, let me ask you: How many of us got born again when Jesus was preaching? if i see your hand i'll know we have a demon to cast out here do you understand none of us every one of us got born again because somebody preached to us which means i received the gift of eternal life through another human being like me god's method is man or they are men. i got born again i like to say it like this you know god is very interesting god knows that do you know it's not impossible for god to have just one single man as father and mother it's not impossible and he'll put all the egg everything so that one man will reproduce you know it's also not impossible for god to to just make all of us at once and all appear Pam. nobody's going to be anybody's daddy or mommy are you happy about that? So of you are "Hey, <laughs> you know, it's also possible that we don't have to marry or you know have sex with our spouses to have children. We we'll just we we'll just open the fridge and see a child or something like that." <laughs> you know, God can do all those things. Why do you think He made human beings carry out His own responsibility? He puts the greatest miracle in the earth, creating a human being. To into the will and motions of human beings so that, now, if God wants you to have a child and you say you don't want to, you know you won't you say you don't want to and you can do everything to make sure that you don't, of course, you won't you, you have sex if, if you do, with your wife you will do every prevention, you know, to make it it doesn't work so which means, look at what he has done he has put it almost to our care such that even those who do bad stuff they have children see so that's as much. let's think that way so he has definitely given a lot to man in his purpose and plan now he now makes two people come he now puts the egg somewhere he puts the spam somewhere of the same person such that the man and the woman who need to love one another treat one another well at least woo the woman. Go and start appearing like you're a nice guy. Wear the good perfumes. And say, oh, how are you? Can I take you for dinner? And say, you know, my wife was telling me. She said, hey, what do you say used to do before? Why did you stop? I said, you're already in the house now. What would I Why would I?' Do? She said, you're not serious. <laughs> I said, you're already in now. Why would I be doing those, those things? Eh? He's preaching. He's preaching. I was, I was really doing my best. You know? <laughs> say you're not. Because I will write long poem. Ah! Wrong poem, lovely poem. I'll do every poem, every day, on top of woman. <laughs> every day. I write I said, Ah, you know the one said, You didn't write your poem today. I said, I had I, forgotten. I said, I'd rather say it. You know, you are this. He said, Hmm. <laughs> said, You don't say anything like that. I said, no, well, know now. <clears throat> it's what it is. You know? So he made us do that. You would have to ask someone, get married, and, and because of something, something you, you need is in the person. Don't lie you want to lie there's something you need you don't have it It's you somebody else don't say i'm complete nobody was born complete that's why you get married to have children it's just by default so if you understand that there are things that god wants you to have that he will put in somebody else that is his that's the way he does it you will have to you know and you know The way you are, you know you are not perfect, I'm not perfect. And you will not meet somebody just like you. You won't be judgmental. You are not perfect, I'm not perfect. We are both not perfect. You understand? You know, sometimes when we look at people and we criticize them, we're just looking at the mirror, really. That's the truth. So, he will put something in someone, is for you. And that is how he functions. I never knew certain things I'll do in the ministry until some people actually laid hands and said it. I didn't know. I didn't know. And hands were laid. The first time I went into a trance was a friend. And when a, 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 a if I, I'll share it in church on Sunday, a classmate of mine who's now a church member was in the service. He smiled. He said, I remember that day. He said, I remember that day. He, he said I was there. Say I remember that day. He just went out. He was in the room, a classroom. My, he was in service on Sunday. He said I remember that day. Say, said, said, I was 2G laid hands on you, and I went out in a trance for over six hours. It was my friend. First thing he did, he removed my glasses. He said I was using my very thick glasses then. He removed it. Then he said to now show me the sign of what he has done that I was going to be seeing things in the spirit, and I did do for over. A minute. They just carried me. To go, to go home, to go to the room. You know, that was how it was. So there's such a thing about God putting something in someone for you. That's how he does it. That's how he does it. Now impartation simply means for God to give to you what belongs to you through someone. Look at how we learn the word of God. Someone teaches you. You have the Holy Ghost though, don't you? Huh? The Holy Ghost that inspired the scripture is in you. Yet he will have to be on someone else to teach you what he inspired. I like something Brother Higgin will say. He said, The body of Christ, we are deficient by default, only sufficient by association. I'll take it again. We are deficient by default, only sufficient by association. Let me say this again: we are, by default, that is the way we are. We are deficient. All of us, we are. There's something you don't have. And there's no amount of things not with you. But you are only sufficient by association. By association. So, impartation follows God's method generally. That when hands are laid on you, you receive what is yours, but He gives someone to give you. Or you receive. What you already have in a greater measure. Or, you simply have a confirmation of something you didn't even know, you were not sure you had. So one, impartation is when God gives you something that is your own through another person. Sometimes, that person is already working in, in fact, most times, if not all the times, you now get it. Impartation is also when you receive a greater measure of what is already working in your life. Or Impartation is when I come to know what I already have. I've seen it. I'm now further established in it. Whichever way, it doesn't leave you the same. It doesn't leave you the same. So when the hands are laid on you, when we give a call and the hands are laid on you, be, be sensitive. Now, Pastor shared something. I'll just talk about it briefly. And and when he said it, it just dawned on me something he said. And I, was, I told myself, I said, I'm definitely going to talk about this because I've been talking about this story for a while. That, you know, it's so funny that the apostles asked him, what do you mean who touched you? They had been taking his words for granted to ask that question. They had. Because why would you ask him that kind of question? He said, who touched me? Did he, he, how would he say who touched you when you had so much crowd? That's one. But you know the truth of the matter is that Many people touched him. How come only one person had a testimony? Pastor Chris Akilomo used to say something. It looked like a harsh truth, but it's the truth. He said that you see, no matter that God doesn't work with the majority, that the glory of God could be in the middle. Only one single person will get it. That faith always has God locating you. And the story he uses is Caleb and Joshua. do look at the number of people. And just two guys. In the midst of 12, just two guys. Two guys just stood out. And scripture says they had another spirit. You can single yourself out. And just stand out. And you know, some things we can be very smart about it. And just stand out. I, told, I must have told you the story of this guy. Did I say it in this meeting? Who I was going for a meeting, 2001, I think. And the Lord showed me that there was a guy that would come for the meeting. Did I share it here? I shared it here. That thing always amazes me. And he told me, he said, he will come into the meeting. He told me what to say to him, but he said he will not be available for me to say it. I've never told anybody that thing till today. He said, I'm going to say, he said, he's going to leave the meeting looking for it, but he lost it. And I'll be now. Why did he show me that? I'm not sure whether God has reached out to me. I don't don't know. It's so that there are times that that God will show you something that confirms what you are explaining to people so that I can see the consequences. So people will come for meetings and they will leave just about that time. The guy came in and just like it, I said, he got up and started saying, No, no, he started started saying, Glory, hey, ha!" I was looking at him. Oh boy, you mean you will not stay? How? Oh, ah. Say, oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Of course, he's a typical word man. Oh, say, oh, word, word, word. As I said, get up like this. He just walked out. Ah. Someone that asked me, Pastor, what if you went to call him and minister? Nothing would have happened. If I like, even if I tell him that thing that God told him to tell him, is nothing that happened. You have to follow God to his instructions. You know, and I saw it. Years ago, I went for a meeting. I traveled, and it was a long flight. I was very tired. You know, I always warn those who pastor with me that if there's something you used to do before you became a pastor, and you have stopped, check if it's not pride. You know, you can stop doing things because you think you are bigger than it. Do you know? Why do I have to do this? I'm now a GEO now, now a pastor. Why should I... You know, and I was going for this same meeting. I just felt to myself, no, I preach on Sunday, I'm tired already. So I was in Lagos already telling myself I will miss a session. Something I would never have done before. I will tell myself I'll miss a session. I'm tired, I'm tired. had a long flight, I had to go to London. Yeah, I'm, tired. I'm, tired. I'm tired, I'm tired, I'm tired. So I told myself that, well, what I'll do. Something I never used to do. I said, I'll buy the CD. I'll buy the CD. I'll buy the I was arguing with myself. So... As soon as I got to the U.S. for the meeting. Interestingly, you know, I I was supposed to meet some people in the meeting. So, they were supposed to, somehow, 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 we were supposed to meet, then, and all that. But I didn't know they had changed their own plans. So, and I I would check into an hotel first, stay, then go for the night session. Very unusually. So, I took a card. Unknown to me, the card was not going to work. Now, the people that will help me, if I my car didn't work and I couldn't withdraw cash, they also came at night, unknown to me. So if I had gone to the hotel, there's a song by a in my country. He said, double wala for dead body. He said, dead body gets the accident. You know, when dead body has accident, you know, he's dying twice. <laughs> double. So, you know, I would have gone to the hotel. I won't check in. I won't have cash. I won't be able to go for the meeting. I won't be able to enter. You know, that's double wala. But when I landed, I said, Shegu, you can't come all the way to first of all go and sleep. It's not in your culture. I said, but I'm tired now. Ah, I'm tired. After all, I ministered yesterday. See pride. I ministered yesterday. I said, no, I'm going for the meeting. So I walked in grudgingly. I must confess, my sins. I dropped the box at the lobby. I walked in, I felt, you know, so I, 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 I felt actually my I should, I should, I should I be dropping my box at the lobby, you know, ah, that's my level. My box should be in the hotel room. You know, pride. Pride will just finish you. So I just dropped the box. This was a few years ago. It's not, I'm talking about many years. a few years, I won't give you the year, so you start looking at me like all kind Christian. So we are all kind of you and me we are all kind of you. Um, you don't judge me you judge me. I'll judge you so you know as I got to the meeting it didn't take a few minutes the minister said there is a pastor from Nigeria he's, he's, on, he's on live TV huh. this has happened to me before She's so a pastor from Nigeria so two of us again came out but the other person was a pastor who was in the United Kingdom In Nigeria, Nigerian. Said no, the Nigerian. I was the only person from Nigeria. And that's how hands were laid on me. You know, imagine if I didn't attend and I got the CD. That's all, information, but no impartation. Many of us get the information, but not the impartation. Both of us work together. Some things are taught, others are caught. Some things are taught, other things are caught. When things are caught, they are in your vital experiences. So we must learn. Lean on our hands. You know, they get, get, get us in into God's will, purpose, and plan. Praise God. I, I think we've done enough explanation, right? Amen. Amen. I can tell you this there's nothing working in my life today that will still work the no more for many, many decades to come that I didn't get by leaning on of hands. Nothing. 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 Hands were laid. I went for a meeting in 1994 in Latter Assembly. I was one of many ministers. And I went to the meeting. And I prepared. I was fasting, real fasting. But interestingly, that meeting was for a particular ministry association. I was not part of it. So when I got to the registration stand, the guy said, ah, Who are you coming with? I said, Nobody. I said, I'm not a member of this organization. I said, I know. He said, Ah, you cannot attend. I said, Eh? this. I'm begging you in the name of God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. I came for Mr. Say, ah, I said, you know what? I promise you, I won't make noise. Let me just go inside. He said, please, oh, please, oh, please, oh. I entered. I sat there. The meeting, in large auditorium as it were, where all the meeting was about four rows. Four rows. I'm not so sure well up to 50. So the man began to preach. I was told that that was his first and last time in Nigeria. And he came, as he was Minister of true. He just pointed out to me and he began to minister and laid hands on me. He said, Can you hear what I'm saying? I said, I do. I brought out a workman. I'm recording everything you are saying. I came prepared. I knew I was going to be ministered to. I knew God was going to bless me. I was fasting about it for days. I knew by God's Spirit something He wanted me to have, He gave someone. And I was never going to lose that moment. Some of us will say, Well, eh, maybe another meeting. Maybe another meeting. No, if you lose this one, it's gone. Don't say, uh, there's nothing like that. You don't say, that meeting. who are you doing that with? Jesus told the disciples, just pray. They, they, they slept. He came again, pray. Then he came again, said, keep sleeping. That hour has passed. Then God said, you keep sleeping. You know there's trouble. Uh-huh. So do it at the time he wanted you to do it. Hallelujah. Let's just pray in other tongues. Let's just pray in other tongues. God's spirit is here. You can sit down actually. Just pray in other tongues. Pray in other tongues and we we'll just stir our hearts yeah today to take to receive oh yes to take to receive oh blessed be god to take and receive when hands are laid on you release your faith release your faith just say well I believe I received this and this release your faith there are times an utterance can be given sometimes an utterance is not given I actually believe that much of the utterance has been said in this teaching that I just did now just take it I have the permission of the local church pastor to lay hands on as many as desire and I'm going to do that You know, I'm going to do that. And lay hands. I believe God. I know. He has called me to lay hands in a certain way. And I've been doing it for a few years. And for many many more years to come. I believe that I do have a special ministry along these lanes. To just lay hands on people. And have them set in the work of the ministry, have them established in the work of the ministry. Some, that's how they started the work of the ministry. Some, that's how they got back. I know God's giving me such like a, a the, like a special ministry. And I believe God that it's, a, it's in operation this morning and even in this service. I stand in it now. I release my faith that it's working. It's going to work in the lives of everyone that I lay hands upon. They will be set forth in the ministry God has called them. Many will begin to see and know things by the Holy Ghost. Many will begin to have the gifts of the Work in their lives. Many will just have issues that have been bothering them for years resolved. I know that's going to happen to say, as hands are laid, I release my faith to have these things work and work and work and work in the lives of many. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Pray in the Holy Ghost. That's just pray some, pray some.